Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. We are so excited to share this powerful word with you. Amazing. Wow. Good morning, church, family. Wow, wow, wow. Um, Holly is the Luya. I'm pretty, I'm pretty wrecked after worship right now. I don't, yeah, this will be fun. This will be fun. This will probably be less of a sermon and more of an experience right now because I'm, I'm pretty wrecked. Um, hello, friends. I'm Jimmy, one of the pastors here, as Penny said, and um, I guess to let you, you know me a little bit, I grew up here in Southern California, Mission Viejo specifically. I got five older brothers. Um, they're awesome. My wife is here too, Madeline. Been married for uh, almost six years now. We got baby boy on the way. Um, we're super stoked. Where is he? Oh, there you are. Yes, the whole fam. Um, yeah. What else? Man, I'm just uh, I'm just really happy right now. This is awesome. Jesus, Father, I just thank you that you're in this room. God, I just thank you that you're real. I thank you that you're really real. God, we thank you that this is a place where your presence invades, God, where we don't lock you out, we let you in. God, we thank you so much for, for how you're moving in our midst. God, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, God. We just need you every day, God, in this room, in our cars, in our houses, in our workplaces, God, we need you. Every day, everywhere, Lord. Wow, we thank you for your presence. Wow, amen. Woo -hoo -hoo -hoo. Oh, kind of fun. I actually, I don't think she'll know I'm doing this, but uh, I have a friend in Hawaii who's watching, and she's getting wrecked from the service right now, and she's texting saying, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Everyone who came up during worship and was saying these words, that's everything I'm hearing all the way from over there. But can we stretch our hands towards the camera and just bless her? Her name's Brooke. God, we just bless Brooke right now. Thank you for it. Just fire on her, God. Just let it fall. Bless her. Thank you for the glory filling her place right now where she's at in Jesus' name. Amen. I just thought it was so cool. I'm hearing all the way from there. That's awesome. I forget that people are watching online. You know, technology is crazy. Um, sweet. Well, um, yeah, guys, I'm just so happy. We've been... Uh, I just want to say thank you to this community, this family who has welcomed us in since uh, Jesus Worldwide merged here. I'm just, I'm still meeting a lot of you, getting to know a lot of you. Um, but yeah, I'm an open book. You want to hang out? Let's hang out. Let's chat. But uh, whoo, it's been so sweet. I'm just so thankful for, for a church that lets just God do what he wants. It's amazing. Uh, that's not a knock on any other churches. It's just when I grew up, you know, I, I didn't grow up Christian. I didn't grow up in the church per se. I kind of grew up with more of a, a Catholic, New Agey background. And so uh, had like a distant, I had a belief that there was a God somewhere. But as far as a close, relational, loving God, I never had that um, belief growing up. So, um, but I remember going to church, Sunday morning church. My favorite part was like the pink donut boxes, you know, pulling up. I was like, this is church right here, those pink donut boxes. And uh, all my brothers, all of us, you know, we were, that was the one thing that had us stoked on church. But um, 
It was actually in high school. I had a radical encounter with God. I, got, I was severely depressed after this relationship fallout. I'm a freshman, you know, hopeless romantic. This relationship uh, crash and burns, you know. And, um, and then uh, I, uh, I remember I just got so depressed. I was, I was team captain of the football team. I was, um, you know, just, yeah, just a happy-go-lucky guy at school. But no one knew that, like, deep down, I was so bummed out, and I was just up and leaving my classes, going home, shutting the door, just super bummed out. And uh, I remember, yeah, I, I thought the only solution was just, was just death. I was like, it's just, I don't even know what happens after this life. Maybe just pull the plug and just call it a day. I think, you know, maybe I'll be floating around. I don't know. And I remember sitting in my room, and I was like, God, you know, or I, sorry, I didn't even get to that part yet. I, don't, I didn't start praying yet, but I started thinking. I was like, man, what is this life all about? Is it, I feel like there's this hole in my heart, fulfillment. I just don't get it. How do you, how do you, how are you fulfilled? Is it money? I was like, no, the wealthiest people in the world, you know, are still tripping out. Um, I said, you know, is it, is it drugs and, and partying and all this stuff? No, I got, my buddies are all doing that. They're bummed out. I was like, man, you know, is it another relationship? No. Like, no, I don't, I don't think any human can meet this need in here. Like, I, it's something so much bigger. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, it's, wow, maybe it's God. Maybe God is real. And if he made everything, he can hear me and he can talk to me. And, whoa, I've never really thought about that. And I remember I, I was praying for the first time ever for real from my heart. I said, God, I don't know if you're real, but, uh, you know, if you are, that means you made everything, you can hear me. And so I just, I, I need help, and I'll, I'll wait. I got nothing better to do, so I'm, I'll wait. And I remember the presence of God filling my room so strong. I started bawling, and I, it was the first time, like, bawling, not out of hopelessness, but out of, like, joy and this hope that was stirring that didn't make sense. And I was like, how, why am I, why do I feel like everything is going to be amazing? But I don't know why. Why is it going to be amazing? I just don't know. And, uh... I actually remember I started going with my brothers to church, and they were, I said, hey, guys, can I come with you to church tonight? And they said, sure. And they were all talking amongst themselves, like, wow, Jimmy's invited himself to church this time. This is interesting. They were actually going to Rock Harbor over here, praise God. I, and then I, I got rocked. I remember it, rock, I got rocked harbored. Um, yeah, no, I got wrecked. It was awesome. And uh, they were preaching out of, I remember they were, they were doing a series. They were preaching out of Matthew 23 where Jesus is, is coming against the, religious uh, Pharisees who basically had it all put together on the outside, but inside they were, they were a mess. And, you know, they, they honored God with their lips, but their hearts were far from them. And anyways, they, th I remember them going through talking about Jesus and in that chapter. And I remember I was like, the way they talked about him and, and, and the scriptures coming out, I was like, wow, this is, this is him. This is God. This, is, this Jesus is the one who, who filled my room up this is him. I'm giving my life to him. Let's go. And so that was around 2009 or so. So that was chapter one um, of salvation, getting saved, getting wrecked. And I feel like I've talked to a bit of you here, but a lot of you, again, I don't know. So I just, is this okay that I kind of go through some of this story? It all, it's, all, it's all about Jesus here. So, um, and it's super biblical. We'll get into the Bible soon. Um, but a lot of what I'll say, too, I'll be probably quoting scriptures without fully um, f turning to them. So, um, But chapter 1, I get saved, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, God's real. Jesus, wow, following him, let's go. This is amazing. But I, I still had, I remember, 
I, I was still having these symptoms of depression. I was still having like crazy insomnia. I was still pretty bummed out. I was, I was like, oh man, like I got, I got, I gave my life to the Lord, but I'm still having all these feelings and these things. What's going on? And, uh, and then also I had, I had gotten addicted to pornography in the sixth grade all the way, all the way to that point. And I was like, what do, what do I do? You know, this stuff, I'm not free from this stuff, you know? At the time, you know, God, I had, I had amazing leaders around me. Um, I would all, yeah, I would say that, you know, the, some of the counsel was awesome. Some of the counsel I think was ignorant, but that's okay. But, you know, some of what I was being taught was, hey, oh my goodness gracious, to see Shelp in the house. This Shelp's, I'm sorry, I just got so distracted. Whoa, it is so good to see you guys. We're going to bless them. Ready? Stretch your hands to the Shelp's. Father, yes, we bless him, God, with the rivers. I see rivers over you guys, rivers, like a moving river. I see it's, it's opposite of a lake. It's not a lake that's stagnant. You're coming into a season where God is going to be moving over you just with acceleration, and it's going to be like puzzle pieces lining up, jobs lining up, everything lining up, and I just see the favor of God like a rainbow over you. We bless you guys in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sorry. I just got like hit like a lightning bolt looking over there. Um, So yes, 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 yes. Um, Da-da-da-da-da. Um, yeah, so I, I remember, you know, getting counsel saying, you know, some of the teachings that I was hearing was, was basically, hey, you know, uh, you know, everyone, everyone struggles with this, uh, and that most of everyone has, has this sin issue. You'll never truly in this life be free from it, but definitely try not to as much as you can. So that's a lot of what I was taught. Um, and so that, uh, that didn't, yeah, I see the heads moving in the room like, oh my gosh. No, it's true. That was normal for me. I was like, okay, you know. And I was learning. I was growing. I was just a, a baby. I still, I still feel like, you know, wow, God is just so old. I still, he's infinite. I still feel like a baby in, in some regard or another. But um, in, in this kind of childish way, you know, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the background that I was in, stuff I was processing through. And uh, I remember some odd years goes by. And I'm, I'm still not free from that stuff. I remember, actually, the, the issues of the symptoms of depression God confronted really strongly because I was like, what is going on? I almost, I almost uh, started jumping on these depression uh, meds. And uh, I was talking to my parents in high school, and I was like, what do I do? You know, they said, hey, well, you know, um, it wouldn't be too rare for you to actually have, you know, in our family, like a chemical imbalance and such and such. And I said, okay, okay. You know, I wasn't opposed to go to the doctor and figure this thing out. But then I remember hearing for me, I remember hearing the whisper of God, like, hey, Jimmy, if you want, I can take care of this for you. And I was like, wow. Like, so I told, my, I told my parents, I said, can you guys just give me a day? Let me th- sit on this. Let me think about it. They said, sure, 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 sure. So I, I remember going in prayer, shutting the door, hanging out with God. I remember God just highlighted this unforgiveness in my heart that was just there, so blatant, like a flashlight. I was like, oh, and uh, you know, it was, it was the, the ex that I'd broken up with that led me into this depression, and it was still there, and I'd go to school, and I'd see the person and be like, oh, you know? And then uh, I, rem- I remember, wow, and, and God started to show me the scriptures where, you know, Jesus talks about um, the servant who had been forgiven all, you know, this humongous debt, but still held on to this little debt, you know? And, 
and, and uh, just confronted me, you know, with his kindness, but also his severity, right? The Bible says, behold, the kindness and severity of God. And, you know, when, when Jesus goes through the Lord's Prayer, at the end of it, he says, um, for you must forgive just as your heavenly Father has forgiven you. For if you don't forgive, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. <laughs> and so I'm like, wow, you can't get around that. That's just, wow, I'm a Christian. Like, he's talking to Christians. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Wow. Yes, Lord. And I started to hone in on how much God had forgiven me of all I've ever done. And I was like, wow, yeah, God, who am I to hold any debt against anyone? This is, this is crazy. Um, and I remember that forgiveness breaking through in my heart. And uh, I'm, I moved on. And then I remember all of a sudden, like, that weight. It was like a spirit, honestly. I remember that weight on me just lifting off. And all those symptoms just completely went away. And, uh, yeah, I was just like, oh, yeah, God, God took care of that one. Uh, that was awesome. So right here still in the midst of chapter 2 of being saved, walking with Jesus, I, um, I remember I still had this, this addiction issue, um, not just, not just this, this uh, sexual morality stuff, but also anger, fits of wrath. You could pretty much read all the fruits of the flesh, and those were just common in my life. I was like, I'm a Christian, though. What's the deal? You know, and then I remember I was like, okay, well, the fruits of the Spirit is what should be coming out of me. What's the deal? And then what it became, and God had so much grace with me, and, and nothing of what I'm saying do I think should, could, has to be a normal for people following Jesus. Do they have to go through what I went through? I think some people can, the light bulb can go off. They can get the revelation of grace, salvation, and what's happened to them that they don't have to go through necessarily this process that I went through. Um, Anyways, I'm, I'm following the Lord, and I remember uh, it, it felt like every day. Just I, I read a lot of books, how to get set free from stuff, joined a lot of groups, how to get set free from stuff. Uh, a lot of it was, was still just like this mentality that, hey, we're, we're always going to mess up. This is just the normal, but we're here to make each other feel a little better about it. And uh, I was like, okay, you know. And then um, much later on, I step out into kind of rather full-time ministry, if you will. And what I mean by that is I had finished a semester at Bible college. I stopped, and I, I remember I quit my job to intern with this other church. That church said, hey, we, we don't have time for the internship, actually. Uh, and I was like, oh. And then uh, and I remember I, I, had, I had just gotten out of this other relationship, and so my calendar was wide open. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. And I remember God saying, well, you know, I'm your employer. Let's go. You know, this is it's time. I said, wow. So I remember I, I would wake up every day with this crazy open schedule, you know, wake up, just spend time with the Lord, and then, and then go where I felt like he was calling me to go, just almost like, quote, unquote, treasure hunt style. And if you don't know what that means, it's kind of like you, you, you pray and you ask God for maybe specific locations. Uh, descriptions of, of what people are wearing or something, and you go to those places and you, you say, God, where do you want me to go? And who do you want me to pray for or talk to, you know? So I did a lot of that during those days, and I would just step out and just go for it and seeing God do all sorts of amazing things. My amazing parents would let me uh, use their garage for worship nights and Bible studies, so I was doing a lot of that. And it was during those days where I had somebody um, 
that I met at a grocery store. I didn't know they were Christian, but I go up and I go to pray for his family and I could tell they were struggling with something. Turns out they didn't have, he had just like hurt his back and they, they didn't have money for groceries and such. And um, I, uh, I, I went to go help them and talk to them. I pray for them. And then this guy's like, can I pray for you? I said, whoa, like he's a Christian, that's cool. So he starts praying for me and the dude was so prophetic, it was wild. He just, he just laid out everything I'd done that week. And I was like, whoa, like, Wow, 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 wow. This is wild. Uh, I remember that friend not long after that, he, he had asked me, he said, hey, have you ever been like uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit? I said, uh, well, you know, I, was, I was, got born again. I say baptized in water. Yeah. I mean, you know, and so we kind of went through it through the Bible. And I was like, oh, dude, like, actually, yeah. Like, I don't know if I've actually had that experience. Why not? Sounds awesome. Let's Let's pray for more of God. Let's do it, you know? Pray for me. So he lays his hands on me. He goes, I don't know if anything's going to happen right now here in this moment. It might happen later. And I said, sure. Let's, yeah, pray for me. So he prays for me. And I remember in that moment, I didn't necessarily feel anything. But he, he's, you know, he stops praying, and he's like, okay, you know? Like, it's done. Like, you know, you're good. I said, cool. I said, I didn't really feel anything, but awesome. Amen. So I, I moved on. And then uh, I remember a few days after that, I was getting ready in the morning. And I felt this stirring in my stomach to pray. I was just thinking about the nations. I was thinking about just Jesus and his church and him moving on the earth. And I'm like, oh, man, there was this burden to pray. But I felt like I had more than just English to, to say. I, it's just like words weren't enough. And I felt this stirring. And then I'm like, oh, is this, is this the tongues moment where I can? This is interesting. I was like, I've never, oh. And then, um. And then I remember God giving me revelation, like, hey, basically, like, him speaking to my heart, like, here's the deal, Jimmy, I'm not going to just hijack you and force you and make you do this without your participation in it in some way. And, uh, but it's actually by faith that you step into this, that you lean into this. And so, and I remember him saying, open your mouth and I'll fill it. Just open your mouth and I'll fill it. And, uh, and I remember I was like, all right, what do I got to lose? What do I got to lose? And then uh, as Micah says, I went yabba dabba do, you know. And then uh, I remember I was, after that, I, it might have been 30 minutes, 45 an hour, I can't remember. But I was on the ground praying intensely in this very ecstatic moment. Uh, and I remember after that even, I got up, I was like, whoa, this is real. Um, I don't know what's going on, but there was a shift as I went out to go pray for people and talk to them about Jesus. I actually remember the articulation of the gospel in my, out of my mouth was like not in any self-boastful way, but in a very God, like all God be the glory, like all to God be the glory way. I remember the, the gospel coming out of me and it was blowing my mind. I was like, whoa. And I was like, I'd have to journal it later. I was like, whoa. That was crazy, and, you know, the other people are getting rocked by what God was doing, and I was like, oh, God, this is you right now. This is crazy. Um, and it, later on, I start, you know, I continue to search the scriptures, and, oh, that, I'm kind of giving, this is fun, right? Story time? I guess so. Um, um, it wasn't long after that, I ended up meeting Micah and David and such up in La Habra, La Mirada area, and um, I remember... Um, God just doing so much in my life at that time and, you know, seeing God move in power. But I was like a spirit. At the time, I kind of felt like a lone ranger. Orange County's got a lot of spiritual lone rangers, <laughs> honestly. It's awesome. A lot of people that love Jesus. A lot of people that also just need to get plugged into a family somewhere. 
and run with people and know that God's, Jesus is the head, the church is the body. We can't say, you know, that the foot has no need for the hand. We got to just plug into family. It's not always easy. We're all growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. We don't come into a church and just expect everyone to meet our needs perfectly. We're all sorts of different personalities. We just get to know each other. We get to hang out, right? Anyways, that's a side tangent for somebody, maybe nobody, but, or maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, maybe you know some, some people who, who I'm talking about. They're all fired up on God. They're, maybe they're going from worship night to worship night, but it's like, hey, you could use some family to plug into maybe, you know? It's not religious. God has a governmental system in the church he set up. It's actually like, yeah, the, the physical, you know, even the physical temple was a mirror of the heavenly temple, and you got elders and overseers and deacons. Anyways, it's really good. It's really healthy. Um, it'll keep you healthy. So in that time, in that time, I was praying, and I asked God, I said, you know, God, I'm, I feel like a little bit on my lonesome. I, I would really love people to run with, like family, people to lock arms with. Really organically after that, I ended up meeting Micah and David up in La Habra, and they said, uh, I remember I told them the season I was in. I was like, yeah, I'm just honestly running by faith right now, like just doing a lot of ministry and no one's paying me, but I'm just kind of going for it. In those days when I had like, I wasn't getting paid for anything I was doing, I remember I would need like gas money to go places. And I, I remember praying and being like, okay, I didn't talk to a human yet. I just said, God, I, I, need, uh, I need gas today. You know that. I need to go here today and, and do this. So I, I trust you. About an hour later, I get a call from a friend who says, uh, he says, um, Hey, Jimmy. He's like, where are you at? And I said, oh, I'm at, I'm at my house. What's going on? He's like, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I'm driving right now. And I felt like God said, I need to come give you like some money. Where are you? And I, that happened multiple times, just doing like ministry by faith and watching God provide. So I was in that kind of season. I mean, Micah and David. And I remember people, you know, uh, it might have been David at that time, but he's like, dude, yeah, you should actually talk to Micah. He, he did the same thing at one point, married with a kid, and God was just providing for them, and he wasn't getting paid for the ministry he was doing. So, yeah, I was like, no way. So it honestly, the, everything felt like family to me, got locked in, been, been pretty much running with the same crew for almost a decade now. So it's been awesome. Um, in those days, again, I was still processing this whole addiction thing and how to live free from sin. Can you? What does that look like? All that, etc. And through community teaching and also just like one-on-one -on -one time with God, I remember I started to read scriptures like in Galatians. I remember particularly the scripture in Galatians. It said, no, Romans and Galatians, but the first one that comes to mind right now is Galatians 5, I believe it is. It says, um, but walk by the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I was like, whoa. That didn't say walk by the Spirit, and you know, you'll get by at least some of the lusts of the flesh. It's like walk by the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. And other scriptures started to get highlighted. In Romans 8, he starts talking about the new man, in Christ Jesus, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. I said, oh, my gosh, and it keeps going. It says, uh, for God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh, he condemned sin in the flesh, um, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in those who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those 
who set their mind on the things of the flesh walk according to the flesh, but those who set their mind on the Spirit walk according to the Spirit. And then it, sa- it says later on, it says, therefore we are debtors, not to the flesh to continue in the flesh. It says, but if we walk by the Spirit, it says, but by the Spirit we put to death the deeds of the body. I was like, whoa, you can put to death the deeds of the body? But how do you do that? By the Spirit. And God started to speak to me about how much I was actually walking in the flesh. In other words, how much I was walking according to my own righteousness. And how much I was waking up every day seeing a standard I needed to hit in order to qualify as doing the thing, being a Christian. And instead, God was saying, you need to forfeit that whole game. You need to close that, move on, and understand, no, you... You've already become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Um, so this was a big transforming time for me. I'll never forget this dream I had. It was awesome. And I had gone, you know, some odd amount of time without falling into uh, temptation, uh, you know, it to, into like porn addiction stuff. And I remember this night I, f- I fell into it and I, w- and I was, felt so much shame, guilt, condemnation. And I was like, this is crazy. And uh, I go to sleep that night, and in the dream, this is just when I start hanging out with Micah and such. And, I, and uh, in the dream, I walk up to Micah. I'm like, hey, I'm like, I just need a brother to talk to, get some stuff off my chest and confess and such. And he goes, oh. he's like, what's up? I said, bro, I was going like, and in the dream, I said, I was going like this long without falling into this. And I just did, and now I feel, you know, like, I, yeah, you know. And he said, in the dream, he looks at me and he says, he says, well, that's your issue. That's your problem. And I said, what? He said, you just told me how long you went when it's never been about your righteousness in the first place. And I was like, whoa, what? And then, you know, in the dream, I'm tripping. And he says, he says, he says, he who knew no sin became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then he said at the last sentence of the dream, he said, it's not about your righteousness anymore. And I woke up and I realized how much I've been living what the Bible says uh, how much I'd been living under the law, how much I'd been living under a standard that's impossible to meet by human will. And um, as a Christian, I started to realize how much not just non-believers need to hear the gospel, but how much believers need to hear the gospel. I was a believer that needed to hear the gospel. <laughs> the church is a lamp. And I think we're in a time, we're in a, we're in a day where we need to help the church shine. And some of the, you know, the light bulb can be kind of dim because there's not, there's not an apprehension or comprehension of the good news of great joy and glad tidings. Yeah? Man, this was, ch- I was a Christian. Yeah, my, I felt like I was getting like born again all over again. This was just amazing. This was good news. And instead of waking up, it says that the, it says that the mind set on the flesh is death. The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. I didn't realize how much I was waking up every day in my Christian life, like, honestly, feeling like death. Like, but loving God, he knew I loved him. He loved me, and I, I got that to a certain extent. But then crossing over into this, the, the, the reality of what he's done, I actually started to experience life and peace. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is what, I was, this is what he paid for. For me to live in, to experience. It was a growing experience for me after that point on. And I remember every day 
honestly, I had to, it's just a Christian thing, hang out with God, pray, read the Bible, of course, but it was this, it was this renewal of mind. I didn't, I honestly, it wasn't even a demon issue. It was a truth issue in my head of what I was going through. It wasn't, it wasn't even that I needed deliverance. It was that I needed to believe the truth. It was, and then from that, I remember as time went on, that addiction and those habits, flesh habits, like scooted out and scooted out and scooted out until I just lost track. I was like, oh, I haven't even been thinking sin or not sin. I've just been thinking about Jesus. And I haven't been keeping score against myself anymore. If you keep score against yourself, you will keep score against others. You can't, this is just, yeah, it's good, it's good. It's like a little sword that feels good. But it's true. Jesus came and did what he did so we could become as he is. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. When you read chapters of the Bible that you hear, you know, at weddings all the time, like 1 Corinthians 13 about love, love is patient, love is kind, love is et cetera, et cetera. All these things you have become in Christ. Now it's a matter of getting acclimated to this new reality of who you are, that Jesus has built in you a new operating system. For me, it took me a moment. It took me some time to believe it. I still had, you know, I still had stuff like the fear of man. You know, the Bible says the fear of man lays a snare. It says, but the fear of the Lord is, is, is a safe place. It's, it's safety. The fear of the Lord is safety. I remember in those days, God was revealing to me how much I cared about the opinions of people and how much I woke up for the opinions of people rather than waking up satisfied in the opinion of the Lord over me. And that set me free. The, uh, God started to show me about the fear of the Lord. And he, he started to teach me about how to walk in the fear of the Lord, that walking in the fear of the Lord is, is ultimately, it's, it's walking. When you're, when you're fearing people, when you're in a big crowd, you're walking in a big crowd, and you have the, where there's a fear of man issue, you're constantly looking over your shoulder in your mind, maybe in your heart, thinking about, oh, okay, you know, how do I look? How am I, what's going on? But see, just, if, just on the opposite side of that, when you fear the Lord, all you're thinking about and concerned about is, what does God think about me right now? And it's as if it quiets out every other voice and opinion in your life. And you just start to rest satisfied and, oh, like in the fear of the Lord, you actually don't need to be so concerned about what God thinks about you. You can be satisfied because in Christ Jesus, you know what he thinks about you. It says it all right here. And you start to go, oh my gosh, wow, God, you love me. Wow. You, you say I'm white as snow. Wow. You say I'm the righteousness of God. You say I'm adopted. Wow. God, wow. And, and you start to see all these things of what he says about you. You start to believe it every day. You will see transformation in your life. You just will. And it's not a matter of believing the truth, you know, walking out these doors, believing the truth. Maybe, you know, maybe you stumble into something and go, oh, man, like, dang it, I thought I got it. Like, and then all of a sudden you go back into a game of, like, condemnation, shame, and guilt. None of those things are going to transform you. It's still by grace. Let's go to the Bible. <laughs> Romans, uh, Romans uh, 6. Is all this making sense? Am I going off too fast? Good morning, church. 
I'm still, uh, after about a year, guys, I'm going to be honest, I'm still getting used to morning church. Our church met in the evenings, and I'm still waking up a little bit. <laughs> it was good. I like it. I also work at a coffee shop part-time, so that helps me get acclimated to early mornings. Fun fact. After Acts, thanks. Jesus, you guys are shining. I feel like I'm looking at a room full of white-robed saints shining in the glory. Thank you guys for being Christians and running with the Lord. Holy, holy, holy. Jesus. Romans 6. Wow. Isn't it good as you just like look at some of it? It's like, whoa. Is it five? Wait. Oh, it's, uh, it's five, guys. It's five, but it goes into six. Romans 5, verse 17. This is talking about Adam. You guys know Adam? First, first dude? First, <laughs> we're in Romans 5 right now. 5.17. I'll read it real fast and explain. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive, say receive, abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Later on goes into, we could read this whole chapter and just call it a day, honestly. Holy moly. But, um, in Romans 6.14, he says, sin, this was another one that changed my life, guys. You become a Christian and, like, bad things don't feel good anymore. You know what I mean? I mean, like, there was a day I didn't know Jesus and, like, just doing wrong. I don't know. It's just normal. Like, the lust of the flesh, all that is just normal. But then you come into the light and, and things that used to they just you're like, oh, that just feels gross. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like there's a desire now when you come into the light, there's a desire to please God, to do right, to walk with him, to, you know, please him 100, 110%. But, um, but the thing is, is the way that the devil runs his trickery is by trying to get Christians back under a law system, back under a system of, oh, you want to please God? All right, let's make sure you can. Let's try really hard. Let's be a good Christian. You know what I'm saying? Those all sound like good things, but in Romans 7, he says, sin deceived through that which is good. That the law is holy, good, and true. But sin comes to use which is good to deceive. So the law is really good because it points to Jesus, but it points to our need to be a savior. And if we try to live under it, the law of our conscience, right? The law that says this is right, this is wrong. If we try to live, live under that, you'll, it'll be hit and miss, right? Whew. So much, guys. I came up here bubbling with so much in my heart. Jesus is king. So for if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Saying how when Adam came, he fell, and death, condemnation, sin spread. Jesus comes as the second Adam, as the new Adam. And it says through his one act, Adam did one sin, 
Sin spread everywhere. Jesus did one act of righteousness, died for us, rose again. And it says righteousness, justification, and life spreads through Jesus. Yeah? It's complete reversal. It's just amazing. But there's, there's an action on our part, which is the receiving abundant grace. Sometimes Christians are the hardest people on themselves. I'm a little, you know, I, I, I understand we're in the middle of a, a pandemic, but oftentimes I still think about the ep epidemic of shame, guilt, and condemnation that resides in the church that Jesus never paid for us to walk in or live in. This isn't, I'm not saying that in shame over anybody in here. If, you're, if you feel, if, you, if that's your experience right now, I'm saying this is a Sunday morning of good news for you to come out of that and to realize what the blood of Jesus has paid for. Oh, every day. But you realize if you want to reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ, you have to do something. You have to receive the abundance of grace. Coming right back around full circle, you've got to stop keeping score against yourself. Jesus took your score and nailed it to the cross and gave you his he gave you his. It might not feel like it. That's okay. There, guys, there's so, if anyone, oh, there's so much grace to grow in this, it's totally okay if you feel like, well, I just feel like I'm not doing that these days. Or, you know, oh, that's just easier said than done. I got this going on. Like, God is, God is patient. God is kind. He's just amazing. But I'm telling you, the, the access to freedom is always going to be right there in front of you. It's always going to be right there. Always. Free gift. Can't be earned can't earn a free gift. Can't earn it. But so much of how we grew up and so much of how our mind can work in our culture in this day and age, and it's, it's been around forever, is working ourselves up to something, up to a title and earning it by our own works. Yeah? We come into this place and we receive abundance of grace for ourselves. I had to do that. I had to learn it personally. I had to learn every day to, to kick out. I remember I heard the Lord say to me one day, to the, it was like a word for me, but I, I felt it for the church. I felt like I heard the Lord say, we must forfeit all forms of self-righteousness. Just kick it out the door. Because we, it, it, we have to do that in order to take on the righteousness of God. You can't carry both. Yeah? You can't carry your own righteousness and God's righteousness at the same time because you'll always be working to make sure that yours is keeping up with his. Jesus! Jesus! I just want to come to you guys with good news this morning. Really, really good news. The blood of Jesus is enough for you, for me, Bible says, walk in the light as he is in the light, and the blood of Jesus cleanses you of all sin. All sin. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. It says, if anybody, if, okay, if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Grace is amazing, guys. I love how I heard one pastor say it. Grace, is, grace without transformation is perversion. 
Grace changes you guys. When you let it run its course, it's amazing. When you wake up and you're like, wow, God, you really forgive me. You really love me. Wow. And you actually start to, the Bible says, oh, man, this, the Bible's so rich, guys. I'm going everywhere. I, I hope it's like a, a bag of candy and everyone, it's like assorted candies. Everyone's getting their own thing this morning. The Bible also says faith without works is dead, right? It's because it's, it's highlighting that there is a living faith and there's a dead faith. Faith without works is dead. To just say, ah, I'm good, I'm covered in the blood, but to continue to walk in darkness and hate your brother, he says, that's a lie. He who abides in the light will walk as he walked. Yeah? So there's actually a true faith where instead of just hearing, like, hey, Jesus loves you. Yeah, I know. But your life still looks nothing different than the world. There's another person you can say, hey, Jesus loves you. And they go, are you serious? Wait a second. What? Wait, what? And it starts to go from a truth that's up here that sinks down here. And it locks into that place of real living faith. And without trying to produce works on your own, you're like a tree planted by many streams of water. And fruit is plentiful in you. Because you're not thinking about works. Does this make sense? Faith, faith, living faith, believing. I believe my wife loves me. It'd be a really weird relationship if she said, you know, I love you, and I just every day had harbored a little bit, little bit of bitterness. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, you love me. Sure, I get it. You know what I mean? But if I actually believe what she says to me, and I go, oh, you love me. That's awesome. That's amazing. I really believe you when you say it. We can believe God loves us because of what he's done for us. How do, we, how do we know he loves us? He sent his son to die for us. That's like the period mark right there at the end of the statement. Like he loves us. He, how do we know this? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, it's good news. Lord Jesus, God, I pray you would light us on fire with the gospel. So many of you in here, this is just a house full of leaders. And there's so many in your sphere of influence that are so hungry for peace. They're so hungry for joy. In the middle of the day we're living in, they're so hungry for hope. And you get the privilege and honor of being, for some people, the only Bible they'll ever read. And the fruit of your life to flow off the vine. Man, I think revival, I'm so thankful for what God is doing. I think revival is happening. And I think revival can look like a lot of different things. It can absolutely look like gigantic stadium events and tent events. I'm all about it. It's amazing. But it can also look like you at your workplace believing Jesus loves you and bearing the fruit of the Spirit everywhere you go. And people noticing there's something different about you. You just have a peace on you. I don't get it. We're all running around here in our cubicles like pretty anxious, pretty, pretty messed up. But you're just steady in what you're doing. That's revival too. That's amazing. When you can host the presence of God in your daily life. That's revival. Yeah? That's exciting to me. That's exciting when, when being a Christian is revival. It's just awesome. Holy Spirit, what time is it? Yeah. Well, yeah, let's get the worship team up here. I kind of went everywhere. Is that okay? Um, any, 
any, I feel like this is like one big old, we don't have food in here, but I feel like it's just one big old breakfast table. We're all just hanging out and chatting and hanging out. Yeah, we need the pink donut boxes in here. Let's go. Man. Prayer team. Oh, and the prayer team, please. Guys, we want to open up the space. If anything, if any, you feel God just moving on you, and you're like, man, I, I want this to sink a little bit deeper in my heart. Come, talk to us. Let's pray for you. Let's bless you. If you want to sit in your chair, you, you're also free to go at this time. Um, if you want to head out, please do. Don't feel like you're pressured and locked in this room. Um, but this is going to be a time for, for us to kind of soak in what God is saying and doing. Um, man, so Father, I just, I'm just going to pray. God, I just thank you for your grace, Lord. I thank you for who you are in our lives. God, I just pray for anybody who, for them, your grace is a hard pill to swallow because the scoreboard in their life has just been presented to them so often by themselves, by others around them. God, I just, I pray right now, Father, for Holy Spirit, you would help them. Help them to receive the abundance of grace that will cause them to reign in righteousness, that will cause them to walk this thing out. I want to quote that scripture again. It says, if anybody sins, not when, not when somebody sins, but if anybody sins, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I just want to encourage you that shame, guilt, condemnation, they try to come in as counselors in your life to, to tell you that they're going to help you grow. But really, they just want to keep you stuck. And so, Father, for those people, I just pray for a waterfall of your grace to wash away any ounce of shame, guilt, condemnation that your blood swallowed up, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for this room of saints this room of people that are in right relationship with you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that you've made us houses of prayer. Help us to carry this gospel in our hearts every moment of the day, everywhere we go, that we can be a beacon of light in this world, Jesus. God, help us to preach the gospel, to live the gospel, to be the gospel amongst non-believers and believers. For some of you, you have people in your life that are Christians. They grew up Christian. Maybe some of them were pastors. And you're walking in a level of freedom. You're walking in a level of joy and hope. Honestly, you're just, you're being yourself, being a Christian. And for them, some of them, it's offensive. And, and God, I feel God's glory on those people. You don't, need to, you don't need to force feed them the fruit. You just, you just let them eat the fruit of your life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, faithfulness. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. It's hard, I could me. It called the stars that raised on the inside me. Hope you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon. We pray you experience all God has for your life. It comes, the storms, the rain's